I'm Jake. And I'm Benny. And welcome back to Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Week 17 has finally come to a close, ending the regular season, and we have plenty of storylines, including Adam Gase finally being let go from the New York Jets. We'll go in-depth into playoffs as well as our own MVP awards, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm going to go ahead and start off today with my game of the week. I really enjoyed the Broncos and Las Vegas Raiders game. Now, when you think of a 5-10 team going against a 7-8 team, you don't really expect it to be too good of a game, but this game was the complete opposite. It was really good, with the final score being the Raiders winning 32-31. to Yeah, that was an amazing game. It, they were really both in it in the end, which we'd love to see, especially considering that this game had no playoff implications, so it was just two teams wanting to play some football. Yeah, real nice, hard-fought football. Drew Locke actually had a pretty solid game. He had 25 completions for 339 yards and two touchdowns. And Derek Carr had around the same amount of completions with 371 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. The Broncos finished the first quarter with a 10-3 and lead. Then the Raiders went into halftime with the lead. 17 to 10 and then it was really close down to the third quarter it was 17 to 16 and then both teams put up 15 points in the fourth quarter both off of two point conversions it was a really good hard fought game yeah amazing game especially by the broncos really surprising by them uh they lost because of their coach in mind like if if you watch the game you saw that vic fangio kind of really screwed that game up for them because the raiders they were gonna go for two and they were really scrambling like they were going to get a false, or they were going to get a delay game without a doubt. And there was 20 seconds left. Uh, Waller was, was running. I think it was shorter than that. Yeah, yeah Waller was running off the field. Uh, they're trying to go for a two-point conversion, by the way. Waller was running off the field. Carr was like yelling him to get back. There was just utter confusion. And at this moment, you know that that they're going to get that uh, delay of game, five-yard penalty. Uh, all of a sudden, that two-yard conversion goes to five-yard. So. Instead, Vic Fangio calls a timeout, basically saving that penalty from happening. And of course, they got the two-point conversion. It was really unfortunate. Yeah, Vic Fangio definitely needs to work that out next season if the Broncos do retain him. Uh, the football team and the Eagles. Now, this game made a lot of people mad, specifically Giants fans and a lot of Eagles fans. So, uh, the Giants won their game earlier against the Cowboys. And if the Eagles were to beat the football team, then the, then the Giants would be in the playoffs. But uh, I, th- I believe it was the third quarter. I think it was a one-score game. Yep. And and they were like the the Eagles were in this game. It was their game technically. Like they were going. Uh, they had the momentum. Jalen Hurts wasn't playing terrible. I mean, I think he did have two interceptions, but he wasn't playing bad. They were in the game. Instead, they take out their starting quarterback for the backup for a backup quarterback. Not even Carson Wentz. Nate just, Sudfield was the one taking the snaps. And at that point, you just knew that. The game was over. They were just uh, selling the game. Now, a lot of people were angry about this. They were saying, uh, a lot of Giants fans especially. I know Eli Manning tweeted, uh, this is why we hate the football team. Or sorry, this is why we hate the Eagles. And overall, a lot of people were just pissed off about this game. I mean, I would be too. But you got to think about it from this perspective. Now, Giants fans, I understand you want to be in the playoffs. But... You can't really be too mad if you're not making the playoffs when you're going to be six and ten. That's not a proud. That's not a record you should be happy about. Six and ten is awful. Uh, all of a sudden, you go so much further down the draft as well, and the Giants weren't going to do anything in the playoffs whatsoever. But I do see why they're angry. I do see that too, and it was honestly kind of just like it was kind of like a cheap game, if that makes sense. It honestly. Yeah, it was fun to watch in the first half, but once the Eagles like gave up and started taking shots, there was that one play 
where that one defender took a shot at Alex Smith's leg. Oh, that was off. That, that was Whoa. dirty. Uh, it was overall not a fun game in the end. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping for better football from the Eagles next season. Going back to that play you're talking about, uh, if you guys haven't seen the clip, uh, it was an offsides. The, the play was called dead right away, but instead of stopping the Eagles player, he went back and everything, and then he went forward again and tried to go after Alex Smith's bad knee, which that is just the Dirty. worst you could do in football, honestly, especially against a guy like Alex Smith. You know he has a really bad leg. And just in general, doing that to a player just to hurt them on purpose, that's not... It's that disgusting. guy definitely should be fined. It's just horrible play by him. But yeah, um... There was another team that actually, they, they weren't making the playoffs, and if they lost this game, they would be higher in the draft, but instead they actually played. They played for a purpose, and this goes to my game of the week. The Titans and Texans game was amazing. Now the Texans, they finished four and 12, but they tried the whole entire game. The final score was 41 to 38. Uh, they did end up losing because at the very end, Tannehill threw a beautiful pass to AJ Brown to get them in field goal range, and their kicker barely, barely made it. It hit the upright and it barely went in, but they won the game and uh, it was just a good game. It brings me some optimism for the Texans now. Their offense, amazing. They had a great game. Watson threw for 365 yards and three touchdowns. Not to mention those yards cemented him as the high, the passing leader for the NFL. He leads the league in passing yards. Yeah, he just had a great game. Uh, the defense was just non-existent though. Uh, overall, poor playing by uh, both defenses. I mean, 41 to 38 doesn't really speak so good for defense. And overall, uh, but a very offensive game. And I choose this as my game of the week without a doubt, mainly because the Texans actually tried until the very end to win this game. But the Titans just had it a little bit better. And that goes into my player of the week. Now, Derrick Henry, you guys know I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan, but he had a monster game. 250 yards and two touchdowns, which brought him 2,027 yards on the season. And I believe there's only, I think he's one of eight uh, running backs to reach that feat. Yep, and he's the only running back with, I think, five or six 200-yard rushing games in a season. Yeah, he had an amazing season. Uh, props to him, but mainly that game. He really did show up that game. I mean, it was kind of expected because the Texans are the worst-rated run defense, but he's still 250 yards in one game is amazing. Props to him, and he's joining some elite company in that 2,000-yard club. Yeah, great football by Derrick Henry, and... Some great football by my player of the week as well, Kirk Cousins, with a completion percentage of 70%, 405 passing yards, four, to uh, four total touchdowns, with a passer rating of 127.6. He was on fire this week. Really surprising seeing that from Kirk Cousins. I mean, he has instances of being a good quarterback, but mostly not so great. But this week, he really showed out and had an amazing game. So I'm going to go into my defensive player of the week. It's uh, Leonard Williams for the Giants. He's a defensive lineman. He had seven tackles, three sacks, and one pass deflection. Huge, huge reason why the Giants won that game against the Cowboys. Yeah, he's a real he's a real nice player on that defensive line. Um, he's the one that's not really talked about. Uh, I haven't heard much from him this season. But from that game alone, he was really doing a great job. Without a doubt. And another player that did work great is my defensive player of the week and that's Darius Leonard with 10 tackles one sack two pass deflections and one forced fumble Darius Leonard was almost the entire defense that week oh most definitely he had an amazing game we have some huge news for you guys we've been expecting it for a little bit now but it's official Adam Gase has been fired by the Jets I am so happy I mean I don't know what took the Jets till week 17 to find that they needed to get rid of this man but 
at least he's gone. He's out of the building. The Jets have so much to look forward to now. Yeah, without him there, it's going to be a whole entire new team. Uh, locker room cancer. Right? There's so many players just disliked him. Fans disliked him. Everybody hated this man. Uh, hopefully, he can find a job somewhere else and bounce back, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. And if he does, he's not going to be a head coach. No, oh, definitely not. not. He's going to be maybe an offensive coordinator again or just, you know, um, a position coach even. Um, I don't really see him in a head coaching gig ever again. Yeah, me neither. Some more news we have for you guys this week is uh, Cam Newton won't wait to sign. He's He will take his first offer. What do you think about this? Um, I don't think that it's – I'm honestly not sure. Uh, Cam Newton did not have a good season by any means. He actually – I think he had the worst season for a quarterback this year. Uh, awful play by him. And I don't honestly see him really getting signed anywhere as a starter. I don't think so either. I, I'm thinking of him as a high-end backup to somewhere maybe like let's say Jacksonville takes a quarterback they could probably sign him for like another backup but they would already have Minshew so but that's the only kind of role I'd see Cam Newton in yeah I just don't see him being a quarterback again it sucks because he had a lot of promise and uh I guess it just didn't work out maybe it was the page I mean the Patriots don't have really an offense they don't uh they have no really good receivers and overall just a bad offense right now so maybe it was the Patriots that ruined him, but we'll have to see. I don't see him being a starter anywhere else. So. Deshaun Watson also had a terrible offense, but he led the league in passing yards. That is so. true. Um, Andrew Whitworth for the Rams plans on playing on Saturday, and he will not be retiring. Good for him. Uh, he suffered an injury earlier in the season. Uh, thought that was going to be the end of it. He's already reaching up in age. I think he's like 35. I think so, yeah. Late late and old Mid- for NFL standards. Yeah, definitely. Um hope the best for him hopefully he plays well uh trevor lawrence has declared for the nfl draft can't wait to see where he goes possibly jacksonville i honestly i could see justin fields being the over like the number one pick right now because uh i don't know if you guys watch college football but he balled up against uh clemson he did i think it was the final score like 48 to uh all i know it was a blowout that's all i know and uh justin fields balled out where trevor lawrence didn't really do so great so who knows and then some big news for Broncos fans. John Elway has stepped down from his position as GM. Yeah, this is pretty huge for them because, uh, sure, he won a Super Bowl with them uh, a few years back. But besides that, he made one good move, and that was Peyton Manning. But, like, he hasn't really done anything in drafts. He has 11 different starting quarterbacks since Manning left, and he's just overall not a really good GM. Yeah, ever since, ever since Peyton Manning's been gone the broncos have just been getting constantly derailed and a lot of fans a lot of people like to put the blame on john elway and i myself would like to put the blame on john elway as well because he's the gm you know he's bounced around with coaches as well ever since um gary kubiak left i mean like you said they have not found a quarterback they've gone through 11 and they've already gone through a handful of head coaches including vic fangio and vance joseph Hopefully somebody else can fill that role and can turn the Broncos around because this is an organization that sees success with football, that likes to play football. And I feel with John Elway in office, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I I don't know. Overall, I don't think he's a great GM. Hopefully that, hopefully whatever his new position is, because he has not stepped away from the Broncos organization He's still playing a role in that organization. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but hopefully it's better for him and the Broncos. 
some other great news. Uh, Frank Gore may continue playing another year of NFL football. An absolute tank for the New York Jets right now. I mean, I call him a tank because his stats haven't really dropped off since he started playing. He's always been really consistent. And him being one of the older running backs in the league, that says a lot. I really want Frank Gore to go somewhere, but he could just get a Super Bowl because he deserves one, definitely. And he's not going to get one on the Jets. Definitely not. Yeah, no, I don't see that happening at all. Uh, Chargers fans, uh, I'm pretty sure y'all have heard, but if you haven't, Anthony Lynn has been fired. Their head coach is gone. Earlier in the season, we talked about him possibly being on the hot seat, but we were really kind of reluctant on that. Turns out he was. And the the word... The weirdest part about it all is they're going to interview the Jason Garrett. Yeah, from Dallas, uh, now in New York for the Giants. Now, if we had a show last year, uh, our Adam Gase would definitely have been Jason Garrett. So them interviewing him really says something because Jason Garrett, is he's not a good head coach. He kind of ruined the Cowboys. Uh, he's held them back for years. Wasted plenty tons of, of talent. Plenty of playoff berths just for nothing. So... I don't think it's a good idea to bring in him as a head coach. Definitely look around. I'd rather have Anthony Lynn as a coach, but I'm not sure. While on the topic of coaches, um, the Jags have fired theirs. Doug Marone is gone. Uh, good for them, honestly. He's They have not been good in a long time, about four years, I believe. And overall, they're just a, not a good team. Hopefully getting a new head coach in there with that first overall pick, that'll bring in some new uh, talent hope so hopefully we can get a new coach that comes in and brings in a whole new offense because the jaguars kind of need a whole new personality oh definitely ever since losing to the patriots in the afc i think it was a conference a -hmm. few years ago they haven't been the same since they've lost a lot of talent and they deserve a lot better and hopefully a new head coach can bring them that um carson wentz is expected to request a trade what do you think about this uh, honestly, I know he wants out of there. He does not want to be a backup. I saw this video uh, picture of him, Zach Ertz, and Jason Kelsey. I think they were out on the field until 1 a.m. just talking uh, about what, like, how the Eagles like organize- organization is right now. And I don't think uh, they're happy at all. I think all of them are kind of just angry about the way everything's going. Uh, I know Wentz wants to get out, but I, d- I don't see it happening. Yeah, he's too expensive right now. The cap hit will be too intense for almost any team. As much as Carson wants to keep playing as a starter, as long as Jalen Hurts keeps doing his thing, I don't see Carson Wentz stepping back on the field for the Eagles. And like I said, he's a little too expensive, so I don't see that happening. And I also wanted to bring up Josh Jacobs has been arrested for a DUI. Yeah, this is a few hours after the Broncos, or this is the night of the Broncos game after they won. Uh, I mean... They're not doing anything in the playoffs, so... I mean, it's a, it's a star running back. Josh yeah. Jacobs is one of the best in the league right now, and this is not a good look for him. Oh, definitely not. Uh, I Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, he gets whatever it is sorted out. Hopefully, uh, that doesn't happen again because that's just embarrassing for himself and the team. Hopefully, him and the team can look past this and they can learn and grow from it. 
So uh, some quick injuries slash COVID news for you guys. Actually, not much this week. We're trying to limit just to uh, playoff teams. So the Browns, uh, it sucks. They did make the playoffs, which is huge for them. First time in 18 years. Yeah, good for the Browns. But one thing that does suck is multiple coaches are out because of COVID. Uh, their head coach including, so I'm not sure what's going to go on with that. Huge problem for them. Hopefully uh, they could still upset the Steelers, honestly. I think a lot of people would love to see that. Blow a lot of people's minds. So the only injury I have for you guys this week, it's pretty big, but overall not that big of a deal. So Jamal Adams, he did hurt his shoulder against the Niners on Saturday. Uh, he's expected to play. Um, he tweeted out that nothing's going to stop him from playing this game. Uh, I don't blame the guy. He This is his first playoff ex uh, experience, honestly, because he was with the Jets for two seasons, was it? With the Jets two seasons and uh, first time in the playoffs, he's excited. I really hope that he can bring something to that Seahawks defense in the playoffs. Hopefully they can make some noise. I know they're not clear favorites in the playoffs. If Jamal Adams and the defense can click, if Russell Wilson and the offense can click, hopefully they can do something. Yeah, all that needs to happen is that offense because the defense has been really good recently. The offense just needs to get it together. So uh, I'm gonna go right into my weird stats week. I have a few, all of them are actually Tom Brady related. So Tom Brady has more playoff wins than the Washington franchise that's been around since 1932. Keep in mind, Brady's been playing since 2000. Tom Brady has 30 wins and the fr Washington football franchise has 23. Really says something about his uh, playoff resume. He's uh, probably the best playoff player that's ever played football. Uh, he's, this is Tom Brady's 18th playoff berth, but his first one as a wildcard team, which is insane to me. That means 17 seasons, he's either won a division or won the whole entire conference, which, yeah, as I said, best playoff player ever. And uh, in road playoff games, Tom Brady has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. He's thrown 10 picks and uh, nine touchdowns. And uh, he is four for four in those games. And he's going to be on the road this week against the football team. So honestly, I could maybe see an upset happening from the football team. But at the same time, Brady is out for revenge. He, he wants to prove a point that he's not just a system quarterback. I mean, I think he already proved that by coming out with a better record than the Patriots. But overall, I think he's out for blood this weekend. I feel that. And part of me, part of me likes underdog players and Tom Brady is anything but an underdog player. But I would say in this situation, he kind of is. He has personal reasons for wanting to win the Super Bowl this year. And part of me kind of hopes that he does. Uh, I think it would be good for him. It would be a good look on him. And I kind of I kind of think he deserves it with the way he's put up with his team this year. Yeah, I can totally see that. Honestly, he's had a really impressive season himself. He's old, but he's still leading up the uh, he's still leading almost leading stats. He's just overall playing really good football for his age and had a couple rocky games at the start, but just took a while to get used to his new team. So I'm going to go right into my hot take right now. I think that the Buccaneers are going to upset the Packers in the playoffs. So uh, it, this is if seeding works out to where they play each other. Uh, honestly, the thing about the Packers in the playoffs and them being so scary, especially the home field advantage, is that uh, Lambeau Field is just a horrible place to play if you're an opposing team. Doesn't matter what position you are, quarterback struggle, wide receiver struggle, every single position struggles at Lambeau Field in wintertime. I think that Tom Brady is the most likely player to upset the Packers. Now, Tom Brady, he played at Foxborough for a very long time. You guys know that. Uh, Foxborough is a pretty cold place. I think that Tom Brady, honestly, I think he's better than Aaron Rodgers. Not, er, not right now, but I think overall in the playoffs, I think that Tom Brady's a better quarterback. And 
I think that Tom Brady can really lead a team, especially in, in somewhere cold like Lambeau. I mean, I know he's playing with a guy with a bunch of guys who are not used to playing in cold weather, but you need a guy like Tom Brady to lead that team. I think that the Buccaneers are a more stacked team than them. Their offense is better, their defense is better. And overall, I mean, we saw earlier in the season, they destroyed the Packers. So I'm really thinking that the Packers, or sorry, the Bucks can really pull off this upset. Uh, I'd like to see that happen, but Aaron Rodgers, as well as Tom Brady, and even as well as Drew Brees, they're all out on a mission. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to prove that he's still got it. He had an MVP season. I think he's ready to win a Super Bowl, and he has been for plenty of years now. It's just that his team needs to step up, and I think they will against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if the seeding works out. So uh, the biggest problem about this is their defense. The Packers do not have a good defense at all. I mean, uh, when they play against good teams, they just get burnt. Uh, as I said, they got killed by the Bucks. They lost to the Colts as well, and they put up a pretty good amount of points, and so did the Vikings. So honestly, the defense is not there. And you guys know the Buccaneers have such an explosive offense with Brady, Evans, Godwin, now Antonio Brown. There's just no stopping that, especially with a lackluster defense. So overall, I have the uh, Buccaneers beating the Packers. Now that's gonna bring me into my hot take, which kind of refutes yours. I think the football team is gonna beat the Bucks. to be honest with you. Um, that's a great defense, one defense that isn't talked about enough, which includes Chase Young and a monster defensive line. And I think Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense are gonna have their hand full. I don't even think they're gonna be able to get a throw off with that defensive line. I see where you're coming from, but you also gotta think about the football team's offense. It's not great, I mean, Alex Smith has been playing, he's been playing good. Uh, Gibson's a good running back and uh, Terry's a good wide receiver, but honestly, they're not a productive enough offense to win games. I get what you're saying. And I agree with you to a sense. I think that the Washington's defense is gonna have to carry them in this game. If if Washington does win this game, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a low scoring game. It's gonna be like 14 to seven. Um, I don't know. I'm really rooting for the football team. You know me. I really like underdogs, and that's my hot take for this week. See, my thing about that is the football team has an amazing front seven. One of the best in the league. Uh, yeah, one of the best in the league. But at the same time, their secondary is really lacking that. So honestly, you just send your fastest guys on go routes, and that's one way to beat them. I mean, you can't do that every play, obviously. But you just need to you need to be fast about it. And I think that the Bucks line is decent enough where they could hold them off for maybe even three seconds. That's all you need if you're Tom Brady. So overall, I think it could be a good game, I think. But also, I think it could be a blowout just because the football team's offense is not nearly good enough to keep up with the uh, Bucks offense. I feel that. And that actually is going to take us into the beginning of our bonus segment. And that's our playoff predictions. Um, we went in depth with that game. Uh, how do you feel about the Rams and the Seahawks? Okay, so you guys know I'm a huge Seahawks fan. I promise I'm not being biased here, but I have the Seahawks winning this game by one score, by a field goal, per se. So I think that you guys know the uh, the Rams are missing their starting uh, quarterback, uh, and I think they're missing their really good running back as well, their rookie running back. Wide receiver as well. Yeah, wide receiver as well. So they're missing a lot of players. Uh, but they played really good against the Cardinals last week because of that defense. The defense is really good. You guys know that the Seahawks offense has been struggling a lot recently. The defense has had to pick up the slack after tons of games, which is honestly very surprising to me still. But I still think that the Rams are not going to beat the Seahawks. 
I think Russell Wilson is going to hopefully turn it around and play like he was at the beginning of the season because he needs to do that because the defense has actually been playing really good. They held the Rams to nine points two weeks ago. They held the Niners, I think, 14 points. I'm not sure the exact score, but they played really good. Honestly, they played good football. The defense has been looking good. Jamal Adams is going to be back. Uh, Bobby Wagner is playing good football. I think that the defense is going to be able to hold the Rams down, especially since they're so injured. Now, I see the Seahawks being a second-round exit, unfortunately, but I do have them beating the Rams. What about you? Uh, I have the Rams playing in the upset in this game. Like you brought up earlier, the Rams have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, They've only allowed 18.5 points the entire season, and that's fewest in the league. And with a struggling offense like Seattle, I really do see the Rams coming out on top. Kind of like what I said about uh, the Washington and Bucks game. I think if the Rams win, it's going to be by a low score. I expect this to be a real defensive heavy game, but that's my pick. I have the Rams winning. Sticking to the NFC, uh, we have the Bears and the Saints. Something interesting about this is that Chicago has lost six straight games versus New Orleans. The last time they beat the Saints was in week 15 in 2008. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, honestly, the Bears, they shouldn't even be in the playoffs right now. Uh, they're not a good team. I don't know. How, it's a miracle they're even here right now. But the Saints are going to kill them, I think. Uh, the Saints, they have a really good offense, and their defense is really good as well. Where you look at the Bears, their defense is all right. Uh, they actually have a pretty good defense, but their offense is just so bad. Uh, their run game has been improving, but honestly... Alvin Kamara is going to be back. Michael Thomas is going to be back with Drew Brees. It just Saints are just a clear fit. There's no way you can take the Bears in this game seriously. Uh, maybe they'll pull off an upset because the Saints do always choke in the playoffs somehow or they're going to miss call or just overall bad luck in the playoffs. But it's the Bears. Not much more I could say about that one. I feel you. Um, Saints are real. They're heavy on both sides of the ball. Um, I think the Saints are clear favorites to win. And that's what I have to say about that. Let's go ahead and move into the AFC. Uh, We have the Colts and the Bills, which I expect to be a nice high-scoring game. I think so as well. Uh, The Bills don't have an amazing defense. And uh, the Colts have a good defense, but the Bills' offense is just so high-powered. I think that no matter what, the Bills are winning this game. But I think it it can be a high-scoring game. Uh, But I have the Bills winning this game. Uh, I have the Bills winning as well. Uh, This is their... This is their first home playoff game since 1996. Uh, like like it says right there, they have home field advantage. Uh, they have a real nice high-flying offense. And I think that's going to be more than enough to beat the Colts. Oh, definitely. And there's also the Ravens and the Titans playing. Uh, flashbacks to last playoffs when Derrick Henry absolutely bullied the Ravens defense. Uh, what do you think about this? I think it's going to happen again. I mean... Uh, You guys know how I am about Derrick Henry, but I just think you cannot stop this man, especially in the playoffs. Last year, he went off in every single game he played in the playoffs. So I think he's just going to keep going. And the Titans know how to beat the Ravens. They did it last year. They did it this year earlier. I think that the Titans are going to come out with the win. Uh, The Rams are on fire right now, though. Five in a row, but four of those wins were against bad teams. So I think that Lamar Jackson, he's been showing up a lot more recently. He's been playing good football. But overall, I just like the Titans more in every aspect of this game. I feel you. And as much as I want the Ravens to have a revenge game, I don't see it happening with Derrick Henry being as explosive as he is. And if Ryan Tannehill is on the mark like he normally is, then 
I do have the Titans as a clear can't favorite. About, can't forget about AJ Brown either, just an amazing wide receiver. And finally, we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as much as I am a Browns fan, uh, I'm ecstatic that we're in the playoffs. I don't see us winning this game, unfortunately. Uh, we're without our head coach and I think our offensive coordinator as well. Missing a couple players. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, they played last week and they barely won against a Steelers team that was benching a lot of their starters. Uh, yeah, honestly. Keep in, mind, keep in mind that Ben Roethlisberger has a record of 23-2-1 against the Cleveland Browns. So yeah, I'm gonna take the Steelers in this game. Maybe next season the Browns will go further. I think they will, honestly. A very talented team, but right now the Steelers are where it's out in this round. With the season coming to a close, we are proud to announce awards for our players of the year. So to start it off, we're gonna go with our MVP. It's pretty clear, Aaron Rodgers. Now he bounced back so hard. He's an amazing player. Uh, his, his season stats were 4,299 yards, 48 touchdowns and only five interceptions with a pass rating of 121.5. That's phenomenal by all means. And this is one that Aaron Rodgers deserved. Yeah, he, as I said, an amazing season. Uh, it, it's really that interceptions that really helped us that really made this decision easy for us. I mean, uh, the, t the touchdowns were incredible, but only throwing five interceptions is, is just insane. And it's pretty clear. He led his team to 13 and three and a number one spot in the NFC. So uh, for our offensive player of the year, we have to go with Derrick Henry. Uh, he had 2,027 yards, 17 touchdowns, and uh, 378 carries in the season. And 300, how many was it? 378 carries. 378 carries and 2,027 yards. Derrick Henry feasted this season. Well-deserved. He's a huge part about that Tennessee offense. Uh, you can see every single play, their defenders are just looking at Derrick Henry. I mean, uh, last week against the Packers, I think it was last week against the Packers, uh, Derek, they did a play action and they everyone looked at Derrick Henry, obviously, and they left Tannehill wide open. So even when Derrick Henry doesn't have the ball, he's making an impact on that field. So our defensive player of the year, pretty easy, uh, TJ Watt. He had 53 tackles and 15 sacks, and he had one interception. Well-deserved. He is a monster, just like his brother JJ. A big reason why the Steelers are where they are right now. Yeah, he just had an amazing season. One of the best you could ask for from a defender. Huge reason why the Steelers have that success on defense. So sticking with defense, we're gonna go to our defensive rookie of the year, which is Chase Young. He has uh, 44 tackles, 7.5 sacks, and four forced fumbles, which uh, what really brings me to say that he's our defensive rookie of the year is the forced fumbles. Yeah, especially if you if you cause that many turnovers as a rookie, that's phenomenal. And sure, the sack number is low, but keep in mind he's a run support. Uh, he's a run support end. He's phenomenal with his tackles as well, being up there with T.J. Watt, and it's well deserved. He did a phenomenal job this season. And then it's it, it's not just stats that go into this it's your impact on the field as we said of derrick henry uh he impacts the game when, when he doesn't even have the ball uh chase young he's always impacting the field uh no matter what as long as he's on that field your defense is gonna feel a lot better so that's why he's our defensive rookie of the year so for our offensive rookie of the year it's gonna be justin herbert he absolutely balled out this year especially considering he's a rookie he had 4,336 yards 31 touchdowns, which is an NFL record, and only 10 interceptions. His uh, pass rating was 98.3. Even with an average passer rating, 31 touchdowns and 4,300 yards as a rookie, 
that's insane for any quarterback. I think the Chargers knocked it out of the ballpark with their pick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He he led that team. He didn't their record doesn't reflect it, but he had a really good season. Uh, so now we're gonna go away from stats and look more into players. Uh, it's pretty obvious who our comeback player of the year is. I think everybody could agree. Alex Smith. Now we've talked about his story a lot of times. It's just inspirational. Uh, so many surgeries near nearly died, and he's still in the football field in the playoffs even. Uh, so that definitely cements Alex Smith is our comeback player of the year. Yeah, cheating death, uh, cheating a leg amputation, going against all odds. And like you said, he's still in the playoffs today. So well-deserved and I hope the best for the rest of his career. Don't know how long that'll be, but he's definitely an interesting story and one of the more inspirational ones. Without a doubt. And then to wrap up our uh, awards, we're gonna go for coach of the year, Brian Flores. Now. They barely missed the playoffs, 10 and six. That usually gets teams in the playoffs, but the AFC were just so competitive this year. But Brian Flores really doubted, or he really shut up all of his doubters. I mean, last season they were one of the worst in the league. I forgot what their record was, but they weren't good. But this year they totally flipped that around. I mean, they're a very young team. They have a third, they have a the third overall pick plus another uh, early. First, pick 18. Yeah, they have pick 18 as well. So this is all thanks to Brian Flores. I mean, just an amazing coach. One of the few coaches from Bill Belichick's staff to actually have success. And good for him. Well-deserved. Sucks to see Miami miss the playoffs. They deserved it for sure with that 10-6 and six record. It's kind of funny to see the football team and the Bears in the playoffs with their 7-9 and 8-8 eight and eight records. So tough for the Dolphins, but congratulations to Brian Flores for Can- that. Congrats to all of the players we just mentioned, uh, and we hope that they all find success in the playoffs or off, or next season. And that not only concludes the 2020 NFL season, but also episode 17 of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thanks to everyone who stuck by with us this season. We had a lot of fun reporting all of this news. And if you want to keep up to date with us during the playoffs and in the off season, we'll have more to come and more to talk about. Go ahead and follow our socials. That'll be Jake and Benny's Backyard Football on Facebook, Backyard Football Podcast on IG, Jake and Benny FB on Twitter. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a wonderful week.